from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111 and live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. Pacific Time. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I am the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia, and I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And I am here with the Dream Team today. We got Ms. Bruno and Ms. Stucker in the engineer room. Helping us out today, making us sound fantastic. Hey, if you can't make it live on Thursdays, you can check out my webpage, dawnoncareers.com, to get the replay schedule. We are replaying four times a week, or you can sign up for my blog, or you can listen to us on demand at SiriusXM.com. So lots of options. So hey, it's fall. My favorite season and one that inspires change. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about makeovers. So LinkedIn, resume. Today, we are talking all about starting from scratch. So maybe you never had a LinkedIn profile or maybe you haven't dusted off your resume since that very first job. Heading back into the workforce after some time off and need to start that career search. Maybe you've let your network go cold. Hey. Any of these things define you, we want to hear from you at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We're taking your calls now. And to help us with this topic, we welcome Lauren Herring to Career Talk. Lauren is the CEO of Impact Group, where she's transformed the company into a global leader in employee career development, helping people find jobs and grow their careers in over thirty countries. Lauren has been the recipient of numerous awards and recognition, including Workforce Magazine's Top 25 Game Changers Award and the St. Louis Business Journal's Top Women-Owned Business. Lauren recently wrote her first book, This Side Up, A Simple Guide to Your Successful Relocation, which is available at Amazon or thissideup.com. Welcome to Career Talk, Lauren. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit more about how Impact Group helps people to find jobs. Well, Impact Group has three main areas of focus. One is helping people with relocation, and that's corporate relocation. So we actually help the spouse find a job. So that's an area of starting from scratch where you don't really have a network in a new location and you're looking for a job. We also help people who have been recently laid off. So we're part of the severance package. We provide outplacement services and career coaching to help people find that next opportunity. And then we also help people grow in their current jobs uh, through executive and leadership development. So, yeah, so relocation, layoffs, these are all opportunities for people to start from scratch, which is what we're talking about today. So hey, if you are out there and you're thinking about making a career change, but it's been a while since you've been in an interview, or maybe you just haven't dusted that resume off or have no idea what you should be putting on your LinkedIn profile, we want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are live and taking your calls now. And we are here today with Lauren Herring, who is the CEO of Impact Group. So Lauren, there's a number of different ways people can start over, and you've already mentioned a couple. So relocation, and I hate the term trailing spouse. I hope that's really not the the verbiage we use anymore. But but that I idea like the of term accompanying spouse. Accompanying spouse. So so yeah. So if that since that's a key part of your business, talk to us a little bit about how somebody who is moving 
to accommodate their spouse's job who may not have a network at all in the new location, how can they get started? Well, as we all know, networking is so key to finding a job these days. And um, the great thing about moving is actually you have some built-in networks already, whether it's your spouse's employer and you have the his or her contacts there. You also have a realtor. You have maybe um, insurance agents in the area meeting new neighbors. You also have a wonderful excuse to say, I'm new here. Can you help me out? And generally, humans just want to be helpful and want to be nice. And so if you go out and make, go out of your way to be kind and helpful and introduce yourself, a lot of times people will definitely want to return the favor and see what they can do to help you out. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned um, things like the realtor and, and you know, people who uh, a lot of individuals who are in this situation don't think to even discuss their their job search or their career aspirations with because they think, well, this is a realtor and, you know, I'm not a realtor. So what would they know about project management or or, you know, gardening or whatever it is I do for a career? But the fact is, second level contacts are the key to open the door to those jobs. Because think about it, the realtor has many customers. Those customers have spouses, cousins, neighbors, and those are the people who are going to open the door. So it's it's this, this idea of never um, underestimate somebody's ability to connect you with that next opportunity. So in addition to the realtor and the husband's um, maybe new contacts at work, who are some of these other individuals? You talked about reaching out to people and saying, I'm new. Who, who are these people that they should reach out to? Well, I believe that there should be no one that you should be afraid to tell that you're looking for a job. So you could even be in the checkout line at the supermarket and be willing to step out of your comfort zone maybe and just strike up a conversation when people are maybe a little bored and not necessarily focused. You can uh, find an opportunity to build a relationship, which could have several effects. It could uh, help you find that second or third level connection that can help you to a job. But it, you never know. You might make a best friend. It's really true. It's funny you say that in the, the shopping um, area. I had, a, I had a client who was taking the bus somewhere and struck up a conversation and ended up finding a job that way with some random person on the bus. They were just chatting it up. Turns out the industry that this individual is in was one that that my client wanted to do and you know what do you know (laughs) meet for coffee (laughs) and there it goes but yeah so I think you you hit the nail on the head though you say you have to get out of your comfort zone you have to get out of that I don't know anyone thought process and say yeah I don't maybe I don't know as many people here in this new location but I'm going to meet those people and introduce myself so are there go ahead the beautiful thing is by being new it gives you permission to be a little bit um, uh, out of just talk to strangers because everyone is a stranger. And so you just say, hey, I would, I'm trying to meet people. Do you have any ideas around where I can find this? Or do you know anyone in this uh, industry because I'm trying to network in that space? And uh, a lot of times people are caught off guard and it makes them actually actually think. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one of the things is we're such a small world now. I mean, people on the Internet, um, you know, you don't have to be in that location to be able to help somebody out. You may be in the, the person's home location and still know people in the new location. So so don't underestimate those people who your current circle may know, but may have never thought about introducing you to because they didn't have any idea you'd be moving there. So absolutely. Lots and lots of options. Hey, if you are starting from scratch, 
much. Maybe you've not been in the job search well. Maybe you're going back to work after taking some time off. Or maybe you're a recent grad and you are looking for a new opportunity. We would love to hear from you at one 844 Wharton. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Lauren Herring, who is the CEO of Impact Group. So you also mentioned layoffs. And, you know, the interesting thing is we are moving into a time, you know, end of year where where there are statistically a lot of layoffs potentially coming. So um, what do you do in this situation, if, especially if you're not expecting it and maybe you've let your network go cold? Well, I think, first of all, that's a, a great wake-up call to all of us that we never want to let our network go cold. But just in case you have, and this uh, creeps up on you, then it's a great time to, uh, especially during the holidays, it's a wonderful time to reconnect with people and use that uh, sense of uh, well-being in the world generally to um, to reconnect, whether it's through Christmas cards, uh, e-cards, you know, whatever it is, uh, and really take the time to think through your network. Of course, being in a position where you're unexpectedly let go is a big shock. And so another big part of the uh, job search process when you're in that situation is just coming to terms with the reality of your situation and addressing the emotions that you have about this and being able to find people to talk about it with you because there's some people that really need to go through a grieving process first before they can be super productive in a job search as well. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I, um, I, I always tell people, and, and okay, here's the thing. I mean, I've been laid off twice, and I think the longer you're in your career, it's going to happen for some reason or another. I was with Arthur Anderson, and you know, pretty much 65,000 people got laid off in that situation. Um, the, the thing is, I think you need to be willing to take a step back, understand what you want, regroup, and then reach out for help. And that's something that people tend to have a hard time doing when they're in a layoff or fire situation because of that that vulnerability or shame factor. And the fact is, just remember this, if that's you, everybody's been through this situation or similar situation before and use this as an opportunity to regroup and do what you love to do. So we're going to go to Chris in California. Chris, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yes, so I'm currently in my uh, executive MBA program at McCombs. Yes, I do commute to school. Um, I've been part of several startups here in Silicon Valley, and many of them have been uh, very brief, uh, run out of cash, whatever may have happened. As I'm looking to assemble my resume and LinkedIn profiles, um, should I include those stints where it was maybe a year long as as opposed to do I leave it off and try to come up with an explanation of what happened? Do I consider it, oh, I was consulting versus employment, um, you know, and having a, a couple of those on my resume or in my history, what, what should I do there? So what are you looking to do, Chris, next? Uh, next, um, at some point looking to get into a startup again, I have a, a, a new baby and a growing family, so I probably need something a little more stable right now. So uh, business development, corporate development uh, in a technology firm. Okay, so if you're looking to go into a startup, my sense is your startup experience is going to be uh, very helpful. Lauren, what would you recommend? 
Yeah, I would say that including that information is valuable on your resume. And I'm assuming that even though those organizations didn't pick up and flourish uh, and you know get all sorts of funding that you guys may have initially envisioned, doesn't mean that there weren't really good things going on at the time. So do you feel confident that you can actually pick out some positive uh, aspects of what you did and, and some accomplishments that you would be able to and proud to include in your resume? Certainly. I mean, I wouldn't be in business development if I couldn't sell anything. Yeah. So uh, to me, it's a great opportunity to demonstrate how you have experience in startups. You've, uh, you have accomplishments in startups, and there's absolutely uh, aspects that you can bring into your resume that uh, will reinforce that. So I think it is absolutely something to include. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Chris. And, and if you don't have a summary on your resume, one of the things that I think is so powerful about a summary is that you really can. This is where people who are going to read your resume spend the most time. And this is where you can bring up to front and center all of those accomplishments. And it doesn't matter which startup you did a matter or, or anything like that. You can bring up to that front and center what people really want to see. And then um, you have a couple of options with, with the startups. You can list them reverse chronological, which is standard in resumes or if you wanted to group them all together and just kind of a startup experience and put some of your accomplishments, that might work too. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the functional resume, but I don't think that would be functional, especially if you're you're getting your executive MBA and you have other jobs prior to that. It's just something that you can do to bundle them together to make it easier for the reader to understand what you bring to the table. So and obviously I would also make sure your LinkedIn is reflective of a similar um information so that so that it definitely aligns. Does that help, Chris? Yes, I, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, congrats on the new baby and, and finishing up the executive MBA. Sounds like you're a pretty busy guy. We wish you all the best. And hey, if you're out there and you're thinking about starting over, maybe you got into a job path that that, I don't know, you tripped into and now all of a sudden 15 years later, you're like, what am I doing? Or maybe you're underemployed and thinking of you know, this is time for me to get a new job. Maybe you're transitioning military and you're starting from scratch looking for corporate jobs. We want to hear from you. You can reach us at one 844 That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk and we're taking your calls now. So, Lauren, we were talking about layoffs and um, how to prepare. I want to I want to go back to a topic that I think is really common, which is letting your network go cold, even if you're not in a layoff or even if, you know, you're not in a position where you're thinking of, of getting a job tomorrow. Um, there's a couple of reasons why I think it's super important for people to to really maintain that network. And one of them is references. At some point, you go, you're going to need references for a job. And I'll tell you, people reach out to me who I haven't heard from in seven or eight years and they're like, are you going to, can you be a reference for me? And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't think I can. Um, it's been too long. I mean, what is your thought on that? I totally agree. I have a, a similar experience where I said, well, I can say you worked for me, but that's about all I can tell at this point. Uh, so having, um, positive relationships with people that you've left organizations, peers, people who have reported to you if you're in a leadership position, people that you've reported to. I would say um, having a variety of people that you can call on for networks and potentially, depending on the types of jobs you're looking for, different. Um, you want to be able to call on a variety of different type of people. 
Mm-hmm. So um, when you think about uh, letting your network go cold, now let's flip it. Now you do need this network right away. You got laid off, you got fired. How do you build it quickly? I mean, can you just reach out to people and say, hey, you know, I um, haven't talked to you in a while, looking for a job. Help me. Yeah, the great news is that nowadays with LinkedIn, it's so easy just to reach out and uh, build the basic network. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is going to be the um, the people that are um, closest to you that you want to be able to call on for those references. Um, maybe not closest to you, but the people that can speak to your uh, ex- your work experience and your work ethic and, and how you work. So um, like you talked about with um, being vulnerable, that's really valuable, I think, a, a skill that a lot of us are not really comfortable with. But at the same time, it creates connection and bonds. And so um, it's something where by actually expressing a little bit of vulnerability, people are going to want to come to you and help you. And um, that's one way of reaching out is just making it clear about your situation and what you're looking for. And and here's how you can help. Would you be willing to? And most of the time, people would be willing to do so. And then the other thing to think about with references is making it clear about what you want uh, what you expect from them as a reference. So it would be really important that if you do get uh, reached out to by a potential employer, that can you please be sure to get back to them really quickly? Um, can you highlight these types of my behaviors that um, that you want to highlight uh, to make sure that um, everyone is singing out of the same uh, hymnal, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you, you brought up the uh, LinkedIn, which is, you know, something that I think everybody in the workforce needs to be on. I, my, my mantra is if you're not on LinkedIn and you're in the workforce, you or you're, you're not, you pretty much don't exist. And, and <laughs> it's just the way the game goes these days. Um, but also keeping that LinkedIn up updated because a lot of people have slapped up a profile and left it there and it's unkempt. And and I think that's actually worse than not even having a profile is having a clearly um, untended to LinkedIn profile. Right. Or a bare bones one. Another thing to think about when you're building your network is you can actually go into your network's network and then see who they know that you also feel like you would be able to call on as well. And that might be able to trip your memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's something you can, well, if people have it open on their LinkedIn that you can access, right. but but yeah, not everybody does, but that's a way to get to your second level contacts. And that's what I call doing the work for your contacts. So, you know, when you show up to a networking meeting or you, you send an email to somebody saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of researching, I'm in the job search again, um, what do you think I should do? Or, you know, who do you think I should talk to? Uh, without having any context to it, I think you're making somebody do the work for you. And that's not very appealing. It's much more appealing to me when you say I've done X, Y, and Z, um, and here's kind of the next step, and this is how you can specifically help me. So I I think that's super important. Um, Hey, if you are listening to Career Talk right now, we're here with Lauren Herring, and we are talking all about starting from scratch. So maybe you've stayed at home with the kids and you're looking to rejoin the workforce, or maybe you've just decided after 20 years you're ready for a new challenge and you have no idea how to get there. We can help. Resumes, LinkedIn, interviewing, negotiating, things have changed, and we want to help you get to your goals. You can reach us at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So sticking on the topic of networking, just because it's my favorite, Lauren, um, (laughs) 
One of the things I would also say is that in your first reach out, even if you're you're in a situation where you've been laid off or something is is kind of uh, dire at this point, you've let your network go cold. You don't want that first email to be asking for something. I mean, that to me, so, as somebody who does resumes all the time, it's it's pretty common to not hear from people for seven or eight years and their first email to me, hey, Don, how have you been? Hey, can you look at my resume? Um, not appealing. <laughs> so um, getting that contact before. So what would you recommend somebody do to kind of warm up the contact first, Lauren? Well, there's always just the um, touch-based outreach, so that's um, that's certainly a place to start. I think also finding out, you know, what can you do for your network as well? And so that way it's not going in and asking for something, but you're asking, um, how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, then, and then eventually they will be more than happy to uh, return the favor as well. And so that kind of mutual uh, support networking, I think, is an area that really, again, that should not necessarily be how you think about your job search. That should be how you think about networking in your career in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, one of the things I think people always say to me is like, well, if I reach out and I just say, hi, how are you? They're going to know I'm in a job search. And yeah, of course they will. But the fact is they appreciate the effort to ask about, you know, how are you, what's new. The other thing I hear a lot, Lauren, is that, well, I don't have anything to offer them. I don't have anything that they would want. So how can I help them? So what do you say to that? Well, I think it depends. It goes back to asking a lot more questions. Um, you don't know what someone else needs until you ask them what's going on in their life, uh, what is something that would make a difference in your life, and let me see if I can help you with that. Uh, going back to what we were talking about with the networking and doing the work for them, one of the things that I always advocate for is having your targeted list of companies that you're really interested in working for, and it could be anywhere between uh, 10 and 20, uh, just to keep it in a succinct uh, number, and to say, here's the types of jobs I'm looking for, and here's the types of companies I'm looking at. Do you know anybody at these organizations that might be of any help to me? And so that's the kind of specific ask that eventually when you get to that point, you are Uh, you're not asking someone else to be really creative about this. You're asking for a specific introduction. Yeah, the less work you can have your network do, the better. So if you're reaching out, um, like I just got a reach out on LinkedIn from somebody, unfortunately, I I don't know, um, basically saying, here's all the things I'm interested in. Here's all the companies, you know, can you, you know, can you help me? Whoa. When I look at that email, that says to me, that's a lot of work that I have to do. Now, it's very different from somebody who emails me and say, hey, Don, I see you're connected to Joe Smith, who's an XYZ company. That's a company I'm targeting. Would you um, you know, mind if I use your name as I reach out to him? I mean, very different. The first one, uh, I'm just like, you know, what? I'm, I can't even touch that. It takes too much time. <laughs> Especially when you don't even know the person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're if you're one of my best friends and you ask me that, that you know, might be slightly different. But yeah, so be careful. I know people think, well, let me just put all this stuff in there and, you know, maybe they can help me with one of them. But actually what it does is the opposite. It freaks people out. It scares us. It says, whoa, this looks like a lot of information that I would have to process and search. And I I just don't have time for that. 
But if you ask somebody for something very specific that is not time-consuming, chances are they're going to help you. So when you're reaching out, something to think about. Hey, if you're listening on Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are live on Career Talk and taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And it is fall, and we are talking all about starting from scratch. Hey, maybe you are in a position where you haven't interviewed in decades and you're thinking, shoot, I got to figure out how this has changed and what I need to do now. Or maybe you're just new to social media and you're thinking, I need to get on this so that I can expand my career opportunities. We would love to help. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Lauren Herring from Impact Group. And we're talking all about how you can be successful in your career. So right now, we are going to go to the pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay. So workplace meetings run on average 34% shorter when participants are not allowed to do this. Workplace meetings run on average 34% shorter when participants are not allowed to do this. Think you know? You can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844 844- 942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111. And thank you to all the listeners who sent me birthday wishes yesterday. I so appreciate it, and it makes me all warm inside. So thank you for that. Um, and we are here with Lauren Herring, who is the CEO of Impact Group, where she's transformed the company into a global leader in employee career development, helping people find jobs and grow careers in over 30 countries. So Lauren, welcome. We're excited to have you here today talking all about how to start from scratch. Maybe you're relocating, you don't have a network where you're going, maybe you've been laid off or you are just looking for a new job or graduated college. Hey, if you're in a situation, it is open calls. We are taking your calls all hour at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You are listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel One Eleven. And Lauren, before we went to break, we had our pre-break quiz, which is one of my favorite segments of the show. The question was: Workplace meetings run on average thirty-four percent shorter when participants are not allowed to do this. And we are going to go to Edward in Connecticut. Edward, what's your guess? Hi, Edward. Are they not? Al- Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I love your show. I travel a lot back and forth in Connecticut. The Thursday afternoon is my babysitting day, so I'm up in West Hartford. It's about sixty miles each way. And I love to listen to your show. And I think the answer is not allowed to use your smartphone. Well, first off, thank you, Edward. I love that you have a 60-mile commute, which which coincides perfectly with, with Career Talk. We love that. Um, and thank you for giving us a call. We love that, too. And I will have to say to you, Edward, that is not right, but I knew that's what people would say. <laughs> so that's partly why I asked the question. But I will pretty much guarantee if you if you have people leave their phones outside of the conference room, that probably would be a more productive meeting overall. Maybe not shorter, but definitely more productive. Edward, thank you so much for calling us on Career Talk. We'd love to hear from you again in the future. So keep listening. And we are going to go to Mary in Ohio. Mary, what's your guess? Hi. Um, my guess is not taking a bio break. Ooh, not taking a bio break. You are not allowed to go to the bathroom during this four-hour meeting. No one. No breaks. <laughs> a scheduled break, I should say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We will have one scheduled break in this four-hour meeting, so you better have to go then. <laughs> I love it. I, you Good know what? Drinking as well. <laughs> no coffee, no water. Wow. What what kind of meetings they have where you are, Mary? <laughs> uh, well, actually, we do have scheduled um, coffee breaks, and uh, sometimes they run over. I mean, they're like you know half an hour, and so we're like, let's let's get going here, but. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yes, that definitely would make the meeting shorter because people would want to get to the topic so that they can leave and get their coffee and actually use the bathroom. <laughs> but that is that is not the answer. Um, but I but I love that guess. I, I mean, that's maybe something for people to consider all over the country. No bio breaks for people. We're done. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us a call, Mary. We really appreciate it. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're talking about the pre break quiz workplace meetings run on average 34 percent shorter when participants are not allowed to do this liz in florida hi liz i was gonna say 
Hi, I was going to say um, not be able to ask questions until the end. Ooh, that's a good one too. But that is not the answer. Not, mm. but but it would make the meeting potentially shorter, especially if it's a four-hour meeting where you're not allowed to take a bio break and have coffee because then at the end, no one would ask any questions. People would be like, sounds good. All right, we're done. But (laughs) thank you so much, Liz in Florida. We love getting your calls here on Career Talk, and we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If you've got a question about starting from scratch or anything on your resume, it is open calls Thursday as we are live at noon Eastern time. So, all right, Danielle, Michelle, what are your guesses? So I was thinking maybe it's, um, okay, maybe it's not speaking out of turn. Okay, Michelle? So the previous caller took my answer. Oh. Unfortunately, but, holding your questions until the end. Holding your questions and your bio break until the end. Yes. Lauren, Lauren, I'm going to, you're, you're our last hope here, Lauren. What? I am going to go with sit, not allowed to sit. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! That is right. If you're not allowed to sit. So standing meetings on average run 34% shorter. So there you go. If you want your meetings to be more efficient, just make people stand. Take all the chairs out of the room and the coffee and lock the bathroom and don't let them ask questions. You will have the the shortest meetings ever. Ever. So we're going to go to Robin in Georgia. Robin, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Question. Yeah. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. Um, 55 years old and um, making a career change. And I have an old resume format. Um, I've had a few temp positions and I don't really want to highlight temp positions. So I want to know what kind of format would be the best, um, what they're using these days for resumes as far as format formatting goes. Yep. So um, what are you looking to do? What type of job are you going into, Robin? Uh, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably something with sales, inside sales, or um, maybe telecommunications. Uh, telecommunicating from home, working from home. So, and you said this is a career change. So, what what did you do previously? Um, administrative assistant. Okay. So, do you have any sales experience at all? Uh, I do a little bit. Yep. Okay. So, um, when you say your resume is in an old format, what what does that mean? Um, it's where you list the, the yeah, most recent job with the dates and then your responsibilities, bullet points, then the next job with the dates, bullet points, and so yep. on. Got it. And you know what? It's interesting, Robin, because a lot of people who are listening are saying, yeah, that's, that's the current, that's the current resume, but I'm going to tell you it is not. And I'll tell you why it's not. Um, a couple of reasons. Yes, reverse chronological is the way to go for most people, but what you don't want to do is list your responsibilities. It's no longer about a job description. It's no longer about, well, I was responsible for this and I, you know, was supposed to do this and all that. No one cares what you were supposed to do. Everybody cares what you did do, especially if you're going into a role like sales. What's going to be critical is that you put results on that resume. So what they want to see is is less about what you're supposed to do and more about, you know, so 
I was able to increase efficiency by automating a, a, an administrative process leading to 20% more efficient um, customer interactions. Now, I'm just making that up, and not everybody's going to have those numbers, but what you want to do is think in terms of how did what I do, whether you're in project management, administration, or you know any role in the company, how did what I do impact the bottom line? So tell me a little bit, Robin, about how the work you did impacted the bottom line. Well, I could say something about the sales job as far as increasing sales um, by the way I was marketing uh, to the companies because I was doing marketing slash sales. And, and what, um, uh, what did you do specifically that increased, increased those numbers? Um, just going out and introducing the brand and consistently following up. So, so consistent follow-up. Um, going out and introducing the brand, what made that what made that have impact? Um, what made that have impact? I think it was just developing business relationships with the decision makers. Mm-hmm. Yep, and those are the kinds of words you want on your resume. The other thing that I'm going to say has changed. I'm a big advocate of the summary at the top. People used to put objectives here, you know, I'm looking for a job that utilizes my skills to the fullest, blah, blah, blah. That's such a waste of space. If you have an objective on your resume, I want you to go right now and delete it and create a summary. But a summary, the objective is all about what you want. This is what I want. The company could care less what you want until they know you can give them what they want. So a summary is really about kind of what your unique selling points are, what your strengths are in terms of how they relate to your audience. So since you're going for a sales role, you want to really pull those things about about consistent follow-up and building relationships and how they, they get results. I mean, Lauren, what, what do you have to add to this? Well, I was wondering, are you doing the temp work now or is that no. something that you've done in the past? I did it in the past, about a year ago. Okay, and so are you currently employed now? I am. Okay, in one of these uh, administrative roles? No, the job I have now is the marketing slash sales position, but um, I'm not quite sure if I want to do administrative administrative assistant again or if I want to stay with sales and marketing. I haven't made that decision yet. Okay, well, the thing that comes to my mind is getting real clear about what you want and creating that dream job. And it could also be having something along the lines of a plan A and a plan B. And assuming you do that, then having a resume that's more focused on the sales and marketing type roles would be one resume and then a separate resume that is focused on the administrative roles. And... um, I think the important question, though, is really understanding what you want to go for if you really do want this career change, which sounds like you're somewhat on your way to as well, uh, doing work in the sales and marketing role. Yeah, and I I definitely think that's critical, Lauren. Um, For Robin, Robin, you need to really get that focus because one of the other mistakes people make on resumes is they they think, well, I'm just going to put every skill I have on here and all these different things. And when I read that as a recruiter, I have no idea what you want to do. I have no idea what you're trying to specialize in. And again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier in the show is you need to do the work for that meaning. You have to look at your history and pick out those things that are going to be most applicable to the audience that you're going for, that's going to be most important 
impressive. You can't expect them to to weed through everything and say, well, you know, Robin can do this or she can do this because they just won't do it because they don't have the time. So uh, first step, define your audience, define their pain points, and then create a results-based resume with a strong summary that addresses those pain points and shows how you can create results in that organization. Great question, Robin. You brought up a lot of things, and I'm sure a lot of people are going back to the resume saying, shoot, I'm going to take that objective off right now. Hey, I totally agree with you. <laughs> yes, please take, take it, it off. the employer and the audience. <laughs> take it off. Take it off. Okay. Um, so, hey, you're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. Hey, maybe you're relocating to Boston or Switzerland or somewhere you have no network work, we can help you build it. Give us a call, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We're here with Lauren Herring, and we are talking about starting from scratch. And on that note, Jamie from Florida, how can we help you today? Hi. Um, I'm in graduate school currently in Florida, in the Orlando area, and um, my plan is to end up actually back in Philadelphia and to start searching for jobs there once I graduate. Okay, and when are you graduating again? Uh, I'll be graduating next December, so this time next year. So December of 2017. Yes. And and what what is it you want to do, Jamie? Uh, I'm in graduate school for speech pathology. Okay, speech. And do you have to do like an internship or any like kind of yeah I actually just had um, a meeting yesterday about internships and externships Um, so for a while they were telling us that we could do our externship which is essentially just working under a supervisor Um, we could do them really anywhere we wanted to but now they're kind of encouraging us to stay closer to the Orlando area instead of going out of state just so that the supervisors at our school can coordinate better with our supervisors in our externships. So I think my original plan of um, uh, doing my last semester in Philadelphia so that I could start making contacts and everything. Um, Jamie, I like of, your original plan. <laughs> I do. I going to say the same thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Lauren. This is your area of expertise, relocating to a new city. Go for it. Well, what I heard you say was that the school made it clear that they wanted you to do that in an ideal world, but they didn't say you couldn't. And there's no reason why if that you can talk with them in advance about some of your career goals and you can set up the externship up there, um, then that sounds like the perfect way to start building your network for the long-term career plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with Lauren on that. So, um, it, I mean, essentially the way you described it, Jamie, it'd be easier for them But here's the thing. You're in this program to find meaningful employment and take the tools you've learned in your program and apply them, um, you know, in the real world. And the real world that you want to be in is is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I would completely look for those internships or, you know, whatever kind of practicum experiences you need in the area where you are going to ultimately land because that will open a wealth of doors. I mean, who knows? A lot of people actually get hired at the place where they intern. So, I mean, that may be the job in and of itself. So I I would completely do that. Obviously, if your your advisors are concerned about the the contact, I mean, make that easy for them through email or setting, you know, up the the supervisor meetings or whatever is 
as easy as you can, but I'm telling you, that is completely good, um, a good plan on your part, Jamie. So good luck to you. Thank you for giving us a call at Career Talk. We are here at 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866, taking your calls all hour. Brad in Illinois. Brad, how can we help you today? Uh, hi. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm currently at a outside sales position. I've done a lot of different, jumped around from a lot of different careers. Uh, I have no idea what I want to do. I'm still young. I, I don't mind going back to school or anything like that, but I, I, I have no idea how to figure out what I want to do. So I was wondering if you had any tips on where to look to find out what I want to do. That is a big question, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I know. So tell me what you've done before. Like, What types of roles have you done before? I've done outside sales. I like working with people. Um, definitely one of my biggest things is, is to be able to work with people. That's why I like the idea of sales. Also, um, commissions are great. Uh, and I, I'm pretty good at it, but I, I don't find that I'm I'm getting everything out of it. I'm not finding that I'm happy at my work. Uh, I've also done um, managerial positions for medical practices. Uh, I've worked as uh, uh, assistant to a jeweler before. Like I've kind of kind of jumped all over the place. So, um, so one of the things you probably know then is what you don't like, and that's a good place to start. So, what don't you like? Um, and, uh, I guess uh, paperwork. Definitely. <laughs> Brad, uh, you crack me up. Not, that is like the ultimate answer. I don't like the administrative paperwork. What else don't you uh, like? <laughs> Give uh, us something uh, more. I, I guess. Uh, Routines. I like I like things that are different. So okay. I don't like doing the same thing over and over again. Okay. Um, you know, like that's that's one of the things currently I don't like is daily logging and prospecting things like that. They're they're frustrating. It's great when you're out there and you're you know talking to people and every every encounter is different. But um, you know the the monotony of it is is numbing. <laughs> I guess. Okay. So Lauren. I, what advice or questions do you have for Brad to help him figure out what he wants to do? Well, um, you and every other salesperson doesn't like paperwork, so you're not alone there, at least. Um, my my initial thoughts were, have you ever done any assessments around um, personality or career type of assessments? Yes, uh it basically just told me, like, be a salesman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something along the same line. Um, it, but the one biggest thing, I, biggest issue I have with that, I guess, is uh, uh, the risk that you take on with that. That's why, like, I, I would never want to. Ju- I, I don't. I'm not excited about jumping to another sales position because, um, you know, it, it is a big risk. Especially most of the sales. The, the, well, the two that I've had are very low paying base. I have quite a lot of financial responsibility, so. With a, a low-paying base, it's, it's jarring at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. So luckily with this position I have, it's, it's worked out. But the company I work for, I don't really enjoy all that much. Um, so, so what I'm hearing is you have a lot of things you got to tease out. You've got a company that may not be the best culture fit for you. You've got, you know, when you start a job, it's, it's you know, there's this learning curve. And, and it sounds like, you know, a commissions curve that, that isn't kind of jazzing you. And you know a couple of things you don't like. Um, so you want those to be, they're always going to be a part of your job, but you want them to be a smaller part of your job. And and I think this is a pretty common thing, Brad. So I know I'm giving you a little bit of a hard time, but I think I think there's a lot of people listening who are saying, oh my God, I'm Brad. I'm in the same position. I have no idea what I want to do. Um, 
couple of things I would say. There's a there's a website that I like. It's massive. So you're going to want to like don't get overwhelmed for it, but it's onet online, O N E T O N L I N E.org. It has an assessment on it. Um, it's a little purple box on the right for those of you who are typing it in. Uh, but it also the thing I like about it, it pretty much has every type of job and career on there and it talks about how um, you know what you need to do to get there what they look for the market outlook and so if you're kind of in this place where I really don't know what I want to do it's it's a great place to go do the assessment look at what jobs come up and then start looking at okay they require this level of education Um, you know these are the skills they want these are the the people who tend to be drawn towards them here's the market outlook so you can really start saying okay maybe there's things out there that I hadn't even heard of that have a great market outlook that I want to delve deeper into the other thing I would do on a on a more micro level because that's pretty macro is to think about one or two recent accomplishments that you've had and like really map them out you know so what was the situation what obstacles did you face what action steps did you take and what were the results and and really kind of map those out in like a story and then say to yourself what energized me like where did i really feel like this is great this is awesome what parts of that w- w- was i doing and then you know do that with a couple of accomplishments and my sense is you'll find a theme coming through like you you've already identified something you like working with people so so in what capacity were you working with people was it a great team that you know stayed late and had pizza and were just like smart and intelligent or was it the clients that really drove you like meeting new people so so start to dig down to the next level and i think doing the macro and then the micro will start to give you some some really good ideas. But here's the last thing I'm going to say on this. You don't need to decide what you're doing forever. You just need to decide what you're doing next. And the people who are graduating from from undergrad right now are going to retire from jobs that don't even exist today. We're in a world where the market is changing rapidly. So whatever you do next doesn't have to be your last career. And in fact, probably won't even if you love it because seven years from now, you might love something else. So don't put the pressure on to find my ultimate passion and what I want to do forever. Just figure out what you need to do next, Brad. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. I think that's an important question that a lot of people are struggling with. So hey, if you have a question, and we'd love to hear from you. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Anthony in New Jersey. Anthony, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, how's it going today? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Perfect. So I'm going into, I'm going into my, or I am in my senior year of my bachelor's at Seton Hall University. That's my and... alma mater. I like you already, Anthony. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am looking for jobs for after graduation, and part of this is I will I'll find a position that I'm interested in, and then I go on to LinkedIn. I'll look for any alumni that currently work there, and I'll send them a quick LinkedIn message. And even if they didn't go to Seton Hall, I'll still send them a message if it applies to the position I'm applying for, and I'll ask for a quick conversation. A lot of times they do reach out to me and I have this quick conversation with them. But my problem is not always does it turn into a reference for me. And a lot of times I do get great advice on what to do and I get a good feel for the company culture. But I'm looking for maybe a way to leverage my conversations a little bit more. 
Great point. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong is they get that initial conversation. It goes well. And then, you know, then nothing comes of it or you don't stay in touch with a person. Um, Lauren, I'm sure you have great advice on this one. I definitely have some ideas, but I'm I'm going to turn it over to you for helping Anthony from Seton Hall. Sure. Well, I love your strategy of really being proactive with a lot of different directions and trying to get contacts in the organization. Um, Have you been able to um, build any contacts at the companies that you're interested in, um, in the HR group as well, or maybe in the departments that you're uh, applying for? Anthony? Hello? Yep. Yep. So have you have, uh, so have sometimes, go ahead. sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Um, I don't think I've ever been able to contact someone from HR though. Okay, well, I think it sounds like what I love about your strategy is you're being super proactive and that that is going to be the most important thing where you're demonstrating that you're really interested in a particular company, you're doing your research, you're reaching out to people, and um, I think the, the, the question is, and, the, and I actually just ran into this myself recently, where someone was applying to my company and was asking for phone calls across the whole organization, and we kind of just wanted her to actually just, she already had the meeting with the HR person. So... Uh, there's there's that blend of following the process. You know, the most important thing is get like how do you get the interview? And then once you get the interview, you can um, that that's your opportunity to sell yourself in front of either the HR folks or the hiring manager. So um, that I guess, that's another question that I'm not entirely clear on. Are you actually getting interviews with these companies? Um, and again, it's sometimes I am, and then sometimes. Not at all. And a lot of times when I'm doing this, I do do it for like all the positions I applied for, but I started doing it because I was reaching out to larger companies where your uh, your resume could easily get lost. I can, I can hear your blinker, Anthony. Be careful. You're driving. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I would say to answer your question is that um, you need to have a plan for next steps in every 15 to 20 minute interview or sorry, informational meeting that you go into. So one thing you could do that that Lauren mentioned before was take a look at their contacts and see if there's anybody on their LinkedIn contacts that would be interesting for you to talk to. So you could say, you know what, this has been super helpful. When I was, you know, researching this, I noticed that you're connected to Bob Smith. You know, would you be comfortable introducing me to that person? Or the other thing you can do is create a a time for reconnecting with them. Thank you so much. This was a very helpful conversation. Would you mind if I check in with you in a month to get back um, or get back with you on on how my progress is going? So, so always have that kind of final step where you ask them, hey, can I reconnect with you or is there somebody else? Uh, try to avoid the job unless there's an actual job that you've applied to and say, you know, hey, yeah, I've applied to this job and, you know, I'd love to follow up. But but just if you do that, then you have a second touch point. And I think that's what's pretty critical is having that second touch point built in. So, Anthony, great question. Best of luck to you in your job search. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we are here every Thursday live at noon. And Lauren, the time has just flown by. It has. (laughs) Incredibly fast. So we appreciate you coming on. Can you tell our listeners how to reach you? Sure. Uh, 
feel free to uh, send me an email at lh at com. That's Lauren Herring at impactgrouphr.com, lh at igh.com, or at Lauren Herring uh, on Twitter as well is another way to contact me. And um, the other thing that I'll just mention for anyone who is starting from scratch because of relocation, please feel free to download a copy of my book, This Side Up, on thissideupguide.com, and that would be one helpful way to help um, get through some of the starting from scratch challenges. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lauren, Michelle, and Danielle. Thank you for making the show run so smoothly. And of course, to all of our listeners and especially our callers, you make this show every week. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM 111. If you want more great advice, follow my blog on dawnoncareers.com. We will see you next time. Stay out.